Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. That's a bold claim. I'm Jim. And it's 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 valid, because uh, this week <laughs> we're going to be talking about who won the week between Fargo, Leftovers, and Better Call Saul. Spoilers, ahoy for all of those, because we can't really judge them without talking about them. It's true. This week, uh, Fargo had the House of Special Purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh Better Call Saul had off-brand, and the Leftovers had it's a Matt, 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 Matt world. Right. Where, among other things, Matt talks his way onto a chartered sex boat to Australia. <laughs> he sure does. Um, this is perhaps the toughest week to judge. Because all of these episodes were amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were all kind of like towards the top of their game. What do we do? I, every... Every week up to this point has been easy for me to say that Fargo is a distant third. Uh-huh. Uh, this distant. week, that is not true. Distant uh, third. Yeah, relatively. Okay. Distant third. Um, this week, that's not true. I think that actually Better Call Saul is going to lag behind a little bit this week for hmm. me. I'm going to say Better Call Saul is number three for me. So the pleasure of seeing Lydia and uncovering the origin of the Saul Goodman... Yeah, I mean, it's just meant nothing to you. It meant absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. What kind of fan I'm a are you? Cold-hearted. Better call Vince fan. Gilligan and Peter Gould are listening with headphones and just tears stream like Nora Durst <laughs> last week, tears streaming out of their eyes. Uh, so well, third they, place, huh? They should come on the podcast and they should talk about it because uh, no, uh, of course it's not like a crazy distant third. Um, the it was another the Olympics, another excellent episode of Better Call Saul. It's an honor um, to be on a pair, the podium as always. That's the whole theme of sure. this week. Yeah. Like you know, if anyone has a really bad episode, we'll talk about it. But like this week was everything was you know tippy tippy top. Uh, but I, I think Fargo had the best episode of the season so far. Yep. Um, and I think Leftovers was you know consistently good as leftovers is but maybe just a hair uh it it didn't work for me as well as i hoped it would Mm -hmm. um, for a matt centric episode uh, until the very end of that episode the worst of the matt centric episodes i mean they've been so fucking good that's what I'm saying. The, The second season one might be the best. The first season one is kind of like where the leftovers rounded into shape and like, oh, this is this is something amazing I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh and the second season one, yeah, his his desperate try attempt to get inside Miracle with his wife was <laughs> wow. fucking amazing. And this one is good, mm-hmm. but it felt like more of like, well, we can't just leave Matt dangling, so we need another Matt episode. But it's it's really good, and I thought uh, Christopher Eccleston was typically excellent when he was dealing, you know, going before the face of God, mm-hmm. and how he kind of like as a you know fifty some year old man turned into a little boy somehow in that performance. I thought was amazing. It was yeah, a lot the of ending great of that visuals. episode. Is fantastic. All the stuff that went on the sex boat, I thought was really visually interesting. Um, it was, but for me, that's that's kind of where it loses out a point or two. Is mm. I just it didn't connect really? to the the rest of the episode in the way that I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't think Matt being almost raped by a robotic lion was <laughs> yeah, was, lion, was gripping? Yeah. Uh, it was certainly gripped something, <laughs> or they tried to, but. Uh, free. Okay, so are am I hearing you right that you're at Leftovers 1, Fargo 2, Better Call Saul 3? It's I really enjoyed this week's Fargo. I is, really fucking enjoyed it because it, 
was hilarious. Fargo was very, and I think Fargo's it's funny when they were at their best when they really straddle that black comedy just so. Yeah. And they really fired on all those cylinders and had, I think this is the best cast they've had. I think so. Like, like, and that's yeah. saying a lot because we had Martin Freeman and uh, uh, Billy, Bob, uh, Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, and then we had uh, 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 Wilson, Patrick Wilson, uh-huh. and uh, Dan Danson, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Danson, and a lot, like a lot of people. In, Matt in, Damon, Kirsten Dunst, yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of people. But but I feel like this is you got you got uh, you, you got uh, the people. You got Ewan McGregor. Yeah, you got Michael Stolberg. You got David Thewlis. Crushing it. Michael Stahlberg and David Thewlis are incredible on screen this, right. this episode. And then you also have this, uh, this, this little known starlet, Carrie Coon. Right. Who's like, and it, it, this is not a knock on her, but like she is not the, the huge bright point in the season. She's kind of like the center of the show that everything's revolving around. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that she will have a chance to flex her muscles, but like it's just, you know, like the leftovers is fucking God's gift to actors, it seems like. <laughs> right. So are you actually suggesting that Fargo might have surpassed the leftovers? I think I this am. Week? Yeah. It had leftovers had a less than stellar, which is doesn't happen often. But less than stellar episode, in my opinion, and Fargo had maybe the best of the series. I almost regret giving Fargo the win last week because I got this weird, like, I can't give the VIP twice in a row, especially if it's not going to be to Michael Jordan kind of thing going on for me. Uh, (laughs) And and do you think this episode was better than last week's for Fargo? Yes. Do you think this week of Leftovers was better than the previous week? No. Then it seems like the choice is evident, right? Right, right. But yeah, yeah but if you, yeah. So I, I think it goes for me. Fargo, leftovers, better call Saul. Yeah, I think me too. And Fargo and leftovers are just like neck and neck this week. Right, right. And it's, it's the thing is like I was almost not engaged with Fargo beyond just the intellectual. Well, Fargo's good, and I like the performances, and I respect the pedigree until the last this these last two weeks. Yeah. Um. So kudos for them from coming out of nowhere and just like really. You know, especially because I think the the other thing that we haven't talked about is the fact that Fargo bats last every week. It does. That is, I I know for a fact that there's probably a little bit of a little bit of fatigue in my watching when it's late mm. Wednesday night and I'm watching this thing yeah. for the first time. Whereas you know leftovers like it's been four days since i've seen like my favorite show i'm fucking ready for it yeah um so like the fact that defargo i mean i did all these things have i don't know which is better like i feel like that going first is the advantage although there's also recency bias yeah it's always seen in like like in the olympics like going first is hard because you know people like want to hold a couple points in reserve because you never know how amazing the next thing's going to be uh-huh. Um, it's assuming, but I, I feel like for watching television, going first is is the best because that's the the first impression. It kind of sticks with you, and you're subconsciously judging everything that comes after against that touchstone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Better Call Saul and Fargo have a little bit of a a, a bias that they're they're not the first thing I see in the league. Hmm. Having said that, it's kind of amazing that Fargo is able to to the best for me leftovers two weeks in a row. Yeah, I think we're not split this week. Uh, our lists are exactly the same. Yep. Yep. Um, and then also, nice. like, I think this was a really good episode. Uh, and, and I, I remember th- saying that 
Better Call Saul really felt like a breath of fresh air. It feels like a season opener this year, yeah. this week, because they just moved storylines in a new direction, and there's like a, a new sense of momentum and purpose, and we've dealt with this other thing, and uh, like a lot of forward motion going on. And I'm, I don't, I, most weeks I try to just make sure that people know that this is really split in pretty fine hairs, but this week especially. Yeah. You know, if uh, Fargo's 100, then, you know, The Leftovers is a 97 and, and Better Call Saul's a 95. Yeah. No, I mean, Better Call Saul has, I mean, some pretty momentous events in the timeline of that character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it had it, one of those episodes where they dealt with a lot of characters. And they did it in a complete, like, where are so many theories about when Saul would be born and what circumstances, and no one yeah. saw this coming, and everyone universally agreed that the twist was was both surprising and delightful. Yeah. Uh, and you really see the care of a writer's room that doesn't take the first thing that they comes to mind, but they just really stick at it and use, no, what's the best? What is the best thing that we can come up with? Mm-hmm. And... And Jimmy, as a local TV commercial producer, is pretty fucking good for that character. It is. It's great. Uh, uh, but man, the there's these shows are all just so good. Yeah. How how do you pick? Well, I guess you pick week by week and on an arbitrary basis. <laughs> yep. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, um, leftovers is entering its downhill stretch. Yeah, three episodes left. Three episodes to go. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if they swept it from here on out. And if they don't. Could be. If they don't win the finale week, then who boy. Yeah. That's, that's not going to be a good look. Um, <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to do is touch in on um, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Okay. Something that I was not super impressed with up until the last episode or two. Hmm. Okay. Uh, because what do you think of Richard's internet two project now? Have they done enough with the fact that he's gone through Peter's notes and the fact that, 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 you know, um, especially now I get, I guess the, the net neutrality, um, bubbling up in the last few weeks has kind of made me appreciate to where maybe an internet two project, if you could, I, I forget they had this like mathematical, like, you know, the reason why this internet two project could succeed with a slow growth model versus the other one because of the breakthrough of encryption that they've made in the first season that this would be, fe- yeah. but they did enough mumbo jumbo and enough po- political stuff has gone on with the internet that I kind of am ready to like, okay, this could be a multi-billion dollar thing if he can pull it off. Whereas at yeah. first it just seemed like a, it's as a boondoggle. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I, I think, Internet 2 did not excite me at all when it was introduced as a concept. But I th- I think the most important thing that excites me is the interaction that Gavin and Richard are going to be forced to have. Mm-hmm. Um, because both of those characters are eccentric in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And when you put those two together, I think it's just going to be... Uh, and they're also bad CEOs, both of them. They are, yeah. That's the thing both Richard doesn't want to admit, but he's a bad CEO. Yeah. He'd be a great CIO, maybe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I also like the fact that, like, the, the Gilfoyle character, like, the, it's hard to hit him just right to where, you know, he doesn't just come off as a massive asshole. And the way – and also felt very real because I've dealt with those personality types where, like, everyone's work is shit and I'm just towering above everyone. Uh-huh. Like, I can't recommend a replacement for myself. I'm just too awesome. Uh, and like this whole seduction that like he was trying to get Richard to beg him for a job and then Richard begs him for a job and he's like, nah, gargle my balls or whatever it was. Right. Gargle my 
Yeah. It wasn't Gargle My Balls. Mm-hmm. But then he Ch- did... Chortle? Chortle. 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 Yeah. But then he did, like, make a, re- a record. So did that surprise? I thought you know, that they were just going to get the gang back together. Yeah, I did too. Um, and it seems like they are mm-hmm. still. I mean, Guilfoyle does come in later on, and he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I... What is his rationale? It's basically like there is nobody else who can do this, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of want to watch you fail. Mm-hmm. So, why is Dinesh? Why is Dinesh the odd man? Like, so he's still working on the. Is he still to see? No, he's not. That got bought out by Gavin. Right, Huli bought Huli bought the snap the 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 uh, Piper chat. Yep. So what the hell is Dinesh doing? Why I thought he felt very curiously detached this last episode. Like he did, yeah. Like he didn't care that Richard was recruiting Jared and all these other people. And oh, he was wasn't he working on uh, seafood? Oh right, with Ehrlich and uh, Jin Yang. Right, which that I thought Jin. The, the, so the best part of this episode, in my mind, <laughs> was uh, Ehrlich thinking he could pull off the Corvette. And uh-huh. the fedora, and then him being outside a building, looking at his reflection, and being like, "God damn it!" Right. Especially when what did what did Jing Yang? What did he turn that app into? Oh, the fact that it's a dick pic filter. Oh right, yeah. like his seafood can tell hot dog, not hot dog. But the, the thing is, it's, <laughs> it's and it's only good at that. But it's also really good at penis detection, which is actually yeah. a big problem with a lot of these social media things. It is, and it's perfect that Ehrlich's assholery gave him the idea in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and then he sold it's his own. Doing. It's a little bit of uh, Fargo. He sold his birthright for a bowl of lentil. He's essentially for a, a used Corvette. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, I love that scene where Jin Yang rolls up in the Corvette and he's blasting this, mm-hmm. I assume, like Chinese rap music. Right. And it's just like his attitude is just hilarious. Yeah. And, mm, man, I, I love when Ehrlich is, is thrown into the mud because mm-hmm. he's an asshole. I like to see him roll around in the mud. What were some of the other highlights from the the previous? Like, uh, I really enjoyed um, Kumal Nanjiani's uh, hair with product <laughs> in it, uh, and his his turn as the CEO. And it turns out he's just as terrible as anybody else. And the uh, not properly age gating and the Eula. I thought that was pretty funny. And the fact that yep. Gavin like went in with this ultra aggressive thing to buy him out, which just played right in their hands was really funny. Mm-hmm. I think what the, the previous episode, um, Ehrlich hijacking the, the seafood presentation from Jin Yang in real time was, was yeah. pretty inspired. That's just, but that's the thing. Like that's so stupid. Like why would anything wouldn't think a Shazam for food? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to take a picture of this thing and it'll tell you what type of, what is it? What the fuck? Do you not know what a pancake looks like? Or, or just like, I'm trying to think of like, what is the market? Like if somebody just posts an Instagram of their lunch and someone says, Ooh, this looks good. Yeah. What, and, and they didn't describe it in any of the metadata and you can be like, Oh, that's a pastrami from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ridiculous on the face of it that it would get funding. Yeah. And I think that's the point, you know, the, these ridiculous concepts just getting funding because that's what Silicon Valley does. What do you think about Rebecca? So the the thing that happened with Re- is that her name Rebecca? I think so. Uh, the one that Richard's always had a crush on um, at Raviga. Right, Raviga. That she is trying to eliminate this brain dead douche. Yeah. and gives him false information about seafood, which turns out to be dropped in her lap. I, I it made her feel kind of inept because I just feel like that she should have been able to outfight this guy. Mm-hmm. And now this guy's at the top of Ravika and seems like he's uh, he's trying to lead a coup against whatever the autistic 
CEO of the company is. What's her name? I don't remember. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I, and also, like, I don't care. Lori? Yeah, it might have been Lori. I don't care about really any of those characters. Like, I don't yeah. understand the fascination, the continued fascination of Rebecca. I think Raviga, like, they, they seem like that it's kind of desperate that they're trying to keep that company involved in, in, I don't know, maybe it's nice that you have one VC that you know the characters at, so, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, just, I almost started to think that when they kept Ehrlich in the loop over and over and over again, even though he was on the outs with all the companies. That but, but Ehrlich is, you keep him around because he saw, he's gold. Right, right. He's no one a in hilarious character. is interesting beyond pretty one note. Like this girl is hot. Yeah, this girl is doesn't understand anything about anything, even though she's a brilliant businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And this dude is a fucking dumbass who just keeps falling to the top. Yeah, like, that I don't know that any of that stuff is super interesting or funny. Yeah, I'm with you. It's probably the least funny portion of the show for me. So hopefully less and let you know that's a that's a distant C plot and the stuff with Richard and uh, the the uh, the Gavin uh, mm-hmm. heats up. Um, yeah. What about Bug- Bughead? It's Monica. Monica's her name. Monica shoot. Yeah. See, I don't even remember her name. Like if I've been watching for three seasons, I can't. This is what happens when name. you watch nineteen shows at a time. Well, plus it's just I feel also sometimes like I was trying to think of the deputy's name in Fargo. The dumb one that was supposed to be Jim Gaffigan. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Who cares? I don't know his fucking name. Like, he's been on the screen for two minutes, and he made zero impression. So mm-hmm. make a more memorable character next time. Um, also, I'm terrible at names and faces. What do you uh, think Gilfoyle's first name is? Richard. No. Gary. Bertram. Bertram? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a weird Gilfoyle. one. Um... What's Big Head doing? He accidentally got offered a professorship at Yale uh, or no Stanford that um, Ehrlich tried to take advantage er- of. Ehrlich tried to take advantage of, and then his whole class turned into like they they essentially bought the seafood concept out. Yeah, and did you know because it's essentially a learn it's a neural network that they just feed a bunch of information. It's a done deal. Um, so I guess that that's that. I don't know. Like is. is What's going on in the big head now? I thought it was super entertaining him being like this passive member of, the, of Richard's company that his dad is like not allowing uh, – uh, or Ehrlich rather. His dad's not allowing Ehrlich to, to, to jerk around or dick with. But I I don't know. Like Buckhead's always been a weird kind of floating thing of the show. He's in. He's mm-hmm. out. He's at Hulu. He's not. And he's another one of those like just idiots. Or yeah. wait. He's is he a good idiot. coder? Uh I mean, not by Guilfoy standards. I don't think so, but I really don't know. Okay. I don't know that I've ever seen him code. Okay. Or do anything, honestly. Right, yeah. I'm like one – I'm just wondering, like, what is he – what's his future? I mean, he's – is he funny? I mean, the guy's got a funny – he looks funny. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. But that's about all there is to it. I guess he's – his situation is funny. He can't be insulted. He can't be shamed. (laughs) Right. He has no he has no pride or even sense of self. It almost seems like he adopts whatever sense of self someone tells him he should have. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, yeah, I guess so then. Like Ehrlich <laughs> rips massive bong hits to get to where Bughead rolls out of bed every day. Yeah. Uh I don't know. So it's weird, but I I'm glad cuz like I was really worried about this season uh, mm. up until the last two episodes and it's finally gotten gotten kind of funny. Yeah. Um anything else that we've been doing on the side? No. Do you want to talk about? Nope. All right. Well, 
that's it. We will uh, Cecily and I will be back next week. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm starting to figure out get my footing with American Gods. That show has been really amazing. Handmade Tale has been really, really uh, good as well and amazing. Uh, we'll be back to talk, uh, give updates about that so far in the season, and then we'll also be back on Bald Move TV to do Who Won the Week again. Uh, that's coming out all next week. And uh, if you like to join us with all the other stuff we're doing at Bald Move, you can find it all at baldmove.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook uh, at uh, slash uh, Bald Move. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bald Move. As always, if you'd like to send feedback on the TV show, TV at baldmove.com. Uh, but we will see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.